since we're putting this together on the fly, I put a little something together on the fly uh, because I've been trying to do like lessons, like do lessons beforehand. So here's our little lesson before before we get into it with uh, with Hanif. And Carl's not here to censor us because somebody's sitting in. <laughs> as there's a special guest uh, sitting in for uh, K. Farster Stomberg tonight. Just wait. But before we do that, I always want to do my little thing because I feel like people know this stuff but don't really know it. Okay. And if it's put into context, sometimes, well, you already know it, but some people that listen to this are not, they're not that bright. <laughs> Just kidding. Enlighten folks. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nat Turner was a deeply religious man, a preacher, uh, and he led a famous slave revolt in Southampton, Virginia, in August of 1831. Uh, so motivated by the spiritual, in fact, uh, that a series of celestial and atmospheric events starting in early 1831 were actually understood by Turner to be a sign to begin preparations. Did you guys know that? It's like there was an eclipse in February like some sort of like solar eclipse. And then later in the summer, there was like a volcanic eruption in Europe or, or Asia or something that actually made the sun look blue for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker saw that. He said, we're ripping. It's time. Yeah. It's time. It's time it's for time. change. It's time for, yeah. So, God has sent a sign. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, going on. Uh, the rebels killed approximately 60 to 65 white people. Around 120 black rebels were killed. And Turner remained at large several weeks. Three companies of artillery and men from the USS Natchez and the USS Warren were deployed to the area from Norfolk, Virginia, to join local militia in retaliation and manhunt. Uh, Turner was captured, tried, and sentenced to death. Asked if he regretted anything he's done, he replied, was Christ not crucified? Uh, Turner was hanged in Jerusalem, Virginia, now Cortland, Virginia, on 11 November 1831. For years after, uh, this was a very hot topic in the national discourse, as I guess you guys can, can imagine. Uh, one place uh, where Turner's deeds were debated in the pages of the abolitionist newspaper, The Liberator, founded also in 1831 by William Lloyd Garrison, the uh, Massachusetts abolitionist. For the 4th of July in 1838, so this is seven years after, about, Garrison delivered a speech called was he a patriot or a monster? Which was published in the Liberator the following week. And this is an excerpt. Oppression and insurrection go hand in hand, as cause and effect are allied together. In what age of the world have tyrants reigned with impunity, or the victims of tyranny not resisted unto blood? Besides our grand insurrection against the authority of the mother country, there have been many insurrections during the last 200 years in various sections of the land on the part of the victims of our tyranny, but without the success that attended our own struggle. The last was the memorable one in Southampton, Virginia, headed by a black patriot nicknamed in the contemptuous nomenclature of slavery, Nat Turner. The name does not strike to the ear so harmoniously as that of Washington or Lafayette or Hancock or Warren, but the name is nothing. It is not in the power of all the slaveholders upon the earth to render odious the memory of that sable chieftain. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God, was our revolutionary motto. We acted upon that motto, 
What more did Nat Turner? Says George McDuffie, a people who deliberately submit to oppression with a full knowledge that they are oppressed are fit only to be slaves. No tyrant ever made a slave, no community, however small, having the spirit of freedom ever yet had a master. It does not belong to men to count the costs and calculate the hazards of vindicating their rights and defending their liberties. So reasoned Nat Turner and acted accordingly. Was he a patriot or a monster? Do we mean to say to all the oppressed of all nations in the 63rd year of our independence and on July 4th that our example in 1776 was a bad one and ought not to be followed? That is your Highland Bunker Black History Fact of the Week. Comrades and friends, hello. <laughs> this is your Highlands Bunker Podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Um, we're freewheeling it tonight. We got the fellas. This is a fellas. You already heard my friend and comrade, the mayor of Southbridge, Hanif Salam. Hello. <laughs> Good day, y'all. And uh, sitting in for super producer Carl is somebody you might know. Uh, it's uh, William C. Martin Esquire. Hello, William. Good evening, gentlemen. This guy's on the knobs, so I don't want any. If there's any problems, you know, send him, send him to Bill. Send him uh, to it's a Bill dot Highlandsbunker Care of Carl. Care of Carl. You have to actually uh, put that on a uh, put that on a postcard <laughs> and uh, shove it up your ass. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so thanks everybody for joining. Um, if you're hearing this, it, it's probably a little later than you expected. Uh, there were a few snafus uh, this week. Uh, some of them we'll talk about. Some of them we won't. But rest assured, we have dropped you fucking significant content this week. Because this is going to be a banger, you can already tell. So this is my first question. Are you going to be attending, or are you familiar with, the panel discussion that's going to be facilitated by Councilwoman Sinead Darby at the uh, the Church of... Uh, Saints Andrew and Matthew on the 23rd of this month at 6 p.m. Are you familiar with this event? I am not. Okay, perfect. This will give me another chance to plug it. There's going to be a panel discussion at the church on Shipley Street that I just mentioned. The uh, St. Andrew and Matthew, the Sam Church. Sam. Called the Sam. That's always how I say it in small, my head. Small, the smallest. <laughs> um, the event uh, was put together by uh, Delawareans for Palestinian Human Rights. Shanae is going to be uh, facilitating a panel of experts, and the topic is Black and Palestinian Solidarity. Dr. Mike Abel, um, excuse me, ha, Mike, Dr. Mike Abel's husband, Rob Abel, uh, Mike, shout out to you too. She's behind the scenes. Um, Medina will be on the panel. Jeffrey Richardson will be on the panel, and uh, Dr. Zahir, who is a Ph.D. chemist from Palestine, who has lived here 30 or 35 years, the DuPont chemist. Um, it's going to be a banger. Um, we're going to be live streaming it to Black Mothers in Power Facebook page, two camera shoot, uh, guys from the co-show, not the whole co-show, but 
Several members of the crew are going to come live stream it. There's also going to be a documentarian there. Can't okay. talk much about that. Just We'll just leave it there. I see but, where it's going. But, but this is going to be a banger. And the reason I think so is I think there's a disconnect between um, people in our movement, not everybody, some, and, and black people too with that with that history and having solidarity with the Palestinians. And I hope that people will come to this uh, panel discussion and listen to these topics and listen to people speak and talk a little bit about not just the history, uh, but the material conditions, um, the economic conditions, and really what is to be done and how this should be, how this should really be framed and why people, why it should resonate with people. So, Friday, February 23rd, uh, Sam Church on Shipley Street, also live streaming, sponsored by the Delaware Call, onto Black Mothers in Power Facebook page. So we're going to have full coverage on that. Um, that's the other reason I was thinking about Nat Turner and, and things like that, because I was actually, I follow I follow a couple, like, um, sort of influencer artist types on Twitter from Delaware that I've never met Um they probably don't listen to this, so shout out Dirty Delaware, shout out uh, Hawks Helmsley Hustle, um, and I was chatting with one of them. Um, I'm just like one of their followers, I guess, um, because he said like he said, uh, you know, and this was like maybe shortly after the October seventh uh, Hamas action. He was like, you know, why are these guys on Hamas gonna do this? Because they know they're going to get, like, slaughtered. They're all going to die. Like, they started this, like, thing. And I'm like, well, they, they didn't start it, bro, actually. And he was like, come on. But they knew what was going to happen. I said, that's not what I'm talking about, bro. I was like, what's your opinion on Nat Turner? And he was like, you're going to ask a black man his opinion about Nat Turner? And I was like, well, it's kind of a rhetorical question. I'm not really asking you. I already, like, I was talking to you when I started. Like, I already know that you know. Like, I already know what you think. That's why I'm asking the question. And I th- and I feel like that stuff like that resonates with people because that's the that's the re- that's the real conditions. You know, that's what it is. People are fighting for their for to emancipate themselves from from slavery, basically. That's it. Yeah. So I I, I will be tuned in virtually for the event. We'll be you streaming. Me It'll be a beautiful live stream, sir. Um. I do understand what's going on, and I do think education on this topic is important, but I think I'll be watching this event, more importantly, to talk uh, to hear, because I don't really have anything to say on it. I would like to hear what is direct action that can be done. So education on why it's important is important. But beyond getting, and even if we talk about black people, to understand why it's important, I'm familiar with, uh, you know, numerous people, black people, who are familiar with it, but understand this is the same systems of oppression that are oppressing half the world. You feel me? And then I'm one that's already fighting the system, so while I can have empathy, and moral and verbal support unless you give me a direct action on how i can help stop what's going on i don't have the capacity 
because my hands is full fighting the oppressor with the issues they oppressing us on. Yeah, for real. So it, it, it may not be a total disconnect, and the education is important, but more importantly, we have to be able to get to a point of direct action if yeah. there is any. Yeah, and I think, here, here's what I think. This isn't really for you, necessarily. It's for, like, middle class, upper middle class sort of professional people who sort of lost their way. Like elites. But I still would suggest even once you educate them and they say, okay, I now understand and feel connected, what is they to do outside of feel bad for the people? Well, again, you're right. This is sort of like the situation where people call for like a general strike, mm-hmm. which is like an incredible <coughs> militant mass movement action. <coughs> but that takes years of sort of like planning. Build up. So this is the educational phase. So it's it's almost like we got to create space because I'm all for direct action. But there has to be space for it to be effective. If you just run out there, you know, and, and, if, and unless unless people who really aren't convinced right now or they're not even not convinced, it's just not something they think about. You know, it's it's not something that, you know, is affecting their day. Um. And I, I would argue it's kind of being pushed out of our collective psyches, you know, as the weeks go by, you know, just just talking about Palestine, it's going the wayside, making way for these kind of sham uh, presidential primaries that are occurring right oh now. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah, because I will say, and again, I think a lot of it is because, <coughs> and we said it while it was happening, but when you look back at it now, a lot of people are going to say... <coughs> They didn't know, or they were told one thing and it became another. You know, there were no beheaded babies on the on the seventh. I think now it's pretty much confirmed that one one infant was was killed. We also know there was tons of friendly fire. There was artillery, you know, lobbed in from the IDF into these towns. So we really don't know, you know, what what was what. We know about a third of the people who were killed were were in were in the army, you know. They, they attacked some, some bases in the Gaza envelope, and they stumbled upon this fucking, you know, rave or whatever. Um, so as things get moving, you're like, oh, this is, all, this is all fake. Remember when Biden, there's a sound clip on the internet. This would be a perfect time for Carl to put it in there. This is back in like the 90s. Biden's in the Senate, and he said, you know. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. Well, they're inventing. It's just, this is all invented. They're like, we have to, we really have to do a genocide. If you don't let us, you're anti-Semitic. And also, you know, they, you know, beheaded babies. That's fake. The UN people who were part of Hamas, that's all fake. It's coming out. The Intercept is doing great stuff on this. Um, that's been the best place, I think. Uh What's the guy's name? I can't think of it now. We'll link to it. But they've done wonderful work on it. But it's all it's all fake. But you can, you gotta you gotta have to get everybody to move on to something else and not like be like, oh, we're, you know what? Oh, whatever. We're on to the next thing. I'm glad I'm here for this topic because although I'm very familiar, I just. I want to stay on that disconnect that I think is not really a disconnect, right? Okay. Because when I hear you talk and share these facts, all things I've known, but I have yet to watch any video 
Um, and I'm not a big news guy, but I somehow stay up on what's current you know all what? around the world. I'm global. I know what's going on around the world, right? Right? But when I hear you talk, right? And I say, this is why I say we got to get to a point of direct action, right? Because I feel I have empathy and sympathy for the families of all those who lost someone in that manner, right? But right here in America, in Delaware, we have an opioid crisis. If you look at the top killers of black people in Delaware under 40, opioids got to be in the top three, right? So then... I'm looking at an opioid program ran in Delaware where they got money from whomever, wherever. $10 million down there dispersed this year. Not $1 went to a black-owned nonprofit organization that submitted. And I know I've at least a half a dozen that submitted. So we got opioids killing people. We, we pushing it off, though. We ain't talking about that right now. We're not talking about how opioids is killing the black community. Right. We have yet to come to full accountability and transparency on police. And you're talking about pushing issues off. We're not even talking about that no more. You feel me? I'm just hearing I don't I wasn't in the paper, but I'm just hearing the cops just beat somebody up on the hilltop area, not far from the bunker. And seriously injured a young man. They are illegally targeting young people. I mean, the ACLU is dressing some with their lawsuit. But this is a fight that I'm doing direct action to fight the oppressors right now. So outside of me having my empathy and sympathy for the stories that you could tell me, and it's not about who's worse, but I probably know of a story happening in Delaware or this country that's just as vicious outside of babies' heads getting chopped off. I haven't heard about that or that. But the way cops is killing black people is in a similar manner, putting hundreds of shots, dozens of shots in unarmed men. For no reason. So these things are by the, that's why I said in the beginning, I understand it because we have similar oppressors who think similarly, who do this to people all around the world. And it's happening right here in America too. There's so no yeah, something that. should be addressed about what's going on in Hamas, but it's going on right here in America too. It's going on right here in yeah, Delaware we have, too. Yeah, we have pressing issues a few blocks you know here, mean? whatever. Yeah, I, yeah so I, I feel get that. it, but yeah. that's why to me it always has to get to direct action if we're going to unify. But it is an important to educate no, people too. I feel you on that. You know, because it may be a long-term plan. And I for think that's why they're calling mobility. it. Like, this know? is this is why the event is being billed, and I think appropriately. And shout people. out to Darby and Medina. I know. Two well, that women goes, that partnering together saying. to educate the people to create mobility. Yes. Because no, those no are two direct action people, so I'm not... Yeah, well, that's you know, the thing. I want everybody to tune into the event to learn what they could do. And I think the, the, the idea... I mean, it's, it was built from the beginning as, you know, a discussion about solidarity. You know, why you should just at least get to the point of having empathy and sympathy... And, and getting to the point, like you said, to understand what you're seeing in front of you and you're fighting here, it, they're actually doing this all over the world. You know, it's it's more acute to you because it's happening, like, on your block or two blocks from here, uh, you know, but, but to people you know. But that, that process is happening all over. I don't even think people – this is sort of to get people to that. And so we can work with that. That's something we can work with. And I think that's the, that's the trick here. And again, we have our, like you said, we have our best people on it. Like we got Shanae and Medina and Mike Abel. We got, we got our, we got our team on it. 
Representative Medina Wilson Anton. I always say that wrong. Is it Anton Wilson? Wilson Anton? Representative. MWA. Yeah. Medina. She made shirts. That's why I just say Medina. Because listen. But we always say, I mean, I said it from the beginning. And I think it's true. Uh, we just go by Medina. That's a one. Yeah. That's like Prince Pele. You know, that's but I want to give her, her her official props. Representative Wilson Anton, right? is, in my opinion, the number one legislator that is using her position as an elected official to change the systems of oppression. Now, I appreciate what everybody's doing. Yeah. Shout out to Representative Minor Brown, who is right now historically the first black woman in leadership in the General Assembly. Shout out to Marie Pinckney. Shout out. We should have said Marie. We should have said Marie before. It's a a couple people that's that's doing their thing, and I don't want people to feel diminished. That's why I had to do my little baby shout outs. But Medina. (laughs) I like the way you did that. Nobody's moving how Medina's moving right now. I like the way you did that. Nobody in the legislature, and I respect that. So shout out to Medina. From Hanif. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we've got, th- th- there's been, this this room is uh, is a place for Medina shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do it right to her face. Um, and shout-out to Shade because now that I think about it, I mean, Shade go back before her political history, and now that she has been in and is in, it don't matter if it's Wilmington, if it's the statewide, if it's global, if it's not right. <laughs> Shade is going to speak on it and she's going to use her influence at the local level to even build and help whatever could be done to again fight these systems of oppression so big ups to the both of them and make sure everybody comes out to the church on Friday February 23rd if you can't Black Mothers in Power catch them on Facebook tune in so that we can come in solidarity because where I love it is in unity and solidarity we won't just be able to address what's going on in Hamas. We won't just be able to address what's going on here. We could truly be the ones who are running and laying the law of the land in politics. That's right. I believe, Hanif Salam, I believe that we are coming to a time where we will see majority minority leadership within politics very soon. Yeah, and people are I'm very up. A lot of people are very uptight about that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to force it along, because so far, so, in my world, that's what we want to see. I don't know about the uptight people, right? Yeah, that's what we shoot but for. But this is again. I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> this is again why we have to like. That's the model. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're putting these people out to sort of do the thing in a formal setting mm-hmm. to kind of get you to get you on board with it, because it's happening all over the world. I'm all for it. I love boots on the ground. Yeah. I love organizing, mobilizing. That's my thing. <laughs> We're going to have to talk so about the, uh, this, this new incident you mentioned for another thing. We'll have to write it down for work. We'll do a caveat. Uh, you guys want to hear a bus stop story? I had a good bus stop story. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> love to. So I was coming back from I worked this morning. I was feeling a little down. Uh, we'll talk about that at the end. And I went in, I had a nice lunch with some colleagues, and then on the way home, I decided, <clears throat> I had to stop in Little Italy, so I was going to take the number six bus and go over to Union Street. I get to the bus shelter, the one that's uh, 
like on Washington Street outside the hospital. You know what I'm talking about? The kind of big one. It's going down Pennsylvania Avenue. <clears throat> Sizing it up as I get there. We got an OG in the shelter. He's drinking a big butt ice, like the big pounder cans. I'm like, okay, that guy's good. There's a dude, probably like more like Hanif, like a cooler guy. He's getting ready to, to smoke a Newport, uh, and he looks cool. And then there's an Asian dude, professional guy. He just struck me as like probably like an, an anesthesiologist or something. And he's talking to a, a Latino guy. <clears throat> so I'm like, everybody's cool. I'm going to go over there. I'm going I'm to burn one down. Go over there, take the joint out, take a drag off of it, look back at the guy who's drinking the beer. I was like, you smoke this? He's like, of course I do. <laughs> and so he takes it. <clears throat> he takes a big hit of it, and then he looks at it, and he's like, and you roll your own. You don't really see this anymore. And I was like, well, that's how I, that's how I do it. He's like, you're an OG. And I'm like... <laughs> This is one of the greatest days of my Takes life. Takes one to no one. I was like, I felt like I felt like the meme of the two Spider Men pointing at yeah. each other. I'm like, that's right, that's right, my friend. Ooh. You start talking about rolling spliffs and shit. He's like, people do vapes now. Who the fuck's doing that? That's no fun. I'm like, that's because you're that's because you're fucking solid. Yo, but hey, hey, right, that's a dope story. And listen. You are an OG if you catching a bus on a regular and one with two women. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using my. Uh, so this is the first time I've been. This is the first time I've been doing it on the regular. Yeah. Again. Yeah. So this is the first time I've been sort of back in the, in the yeah. system. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. I now am a, a, a great user of the app, the online app. The Dart online apps are, are actually. I mean, they're decent. Can you scan the barcode when you get on? Yes. Yeah, so okay. you, they give you. So the cool thing is. Let's do some dart chat. Just a two, for a a, yes, this is actually a good deal. You get the app. You can get like a one-way two-dollar ticket. So you're just going one way on the bus sometime during the day, uh, where they're usually like two bucks or two fifty a piece. You can get twenty of them for twenty-six dollars. Save like tons of dough. And then when the bus comes, you hit the thing, you turn it on, you scan the QR code, and then it just it disappears. That's it. I mean, sometimes the things don't. I mean, it's hard. It, it took me a long time to figure out exactly how far underneath of it I had to do it. <laughs> it took me about a week, uh, but it's it's dope now. And also, their maps seem to be working. Like you know, when shit's late, you can kind of get a, a better feel for it rather than just like sort of what happened the last month and trying to be like, well, it's usually about eight minutes late. Yeah, you can actually track it now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I remember the stands used to show like. The next three routes and like how late they were running, but it was always just like forty five minutes, forty five minutes. Yeah, 45 well, minutes. actually, and how now accurate here's the thing, and and now uh, most of those don't work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ones the ones at the tra- at the transit center work because I think they have to work. They're probably contractually obligated. Like Colonial Parking was probably contractually obligated to maintain them or something. Who knows? But they always work. But I love uh, I love public transit. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, interesting dark fact. Is I was just having a dark conversation earlier today with a friend of mine, Marissa. She works for the uh, Sierra's Club. She's a big environmental justice advocate, right? And she wanted to sit down and talk to me. And she said that her main point is people don't 
similar to the Palestine issue, people don't understand how environmental justice affects everyday life. And I said, give me an example. She said, currently, DART is reconfiguring their system to make the app more advanced. So if you live in areas in Newcastle County where the bus doesn't run frequently, they could send you a paratransit to get you on a mainline route. Yeah. So things are more accessible. And they may consider frequency routes and things of this nature. But we need to get active and suggest these things to DART so they can upgrade the entire system. Because a lot of people may choose to catch the bus if it doesn't have to be a hood experience. <laughs> you know what I'm You don't got to be an OG to ride the bus. And most well, urban cities, people to, are very comfortable but, riding the bus instead what, of driving. And that will help environmental well, justice. Well, here's, so that's here's my what, interest in Here's dark. what I said. I absolutely agree with everything you just said. And I'll just say this. To become an OG, you have to have ridden the bus. Like, you have to, like, I mean... It is an experience. I think riding public transit is always some sort of experience. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I it don't know. It is. I'm just referencing if we compare Durban even in Philly. Yes. Now, yes, if you're catching the bus to a certain area in Philly, it will turn into a very interesting experience. Yeah. But if you're just trying to use public transportation to go to main areas as a Good alternative to driving, most people do in urban areas. Yeah, and then you have a big outside mix. of Delaware, and then you do, and then you have a big mix of people. So you have the whole thing. You yes, mean, you might have the you might have the the neighborhood Somebody experience. You might have like the, yes. the, the, the the eight o'clock rush hour experience, yes. and it's a bunch of fucking dorks. Like, and if it's more frequency, if you don't have to go to a bus stop and wait an hour right. for a bus to come, so Dart could upgrade their system. To help us to be more environmental friendly. So I, wonder, I hope they will consider doing so. I should start looking into this because, you know, Jordan is the train guy. He is. Yeah. I could be the bus guy. <laughs> I just don't know what they'll do because I will say this. You would think even the route from, like, my neighborhood downtown, the 10. You'd think that would be pretty popular. But, like, when I started riding it, when I, when I moved to this neighborhood, uh... Jesus Christ, 13 years ago now. There was people every morning waiting with me going downtown. We saw the same people walking their dog. A lot of people did. A lot of, like, professional people did ride it. I don't see it as much anymore. Maybe I'm not riding it every day and seeing the people that I would have no, seen. Darts but I feel, like, I, feel like it's going the, I feel like it's going the wrong way. It's not rider-friendly unless you absolutely need it or it's just the absolute best alternative. But for a person with options... Dart used to be rider friendly and could be again if they just take time to upgrade their system, upgrade their busing, upgrade their routes. We probably have two dozen routes in Wilmington and Newcastle County, but it's hard to get one bus to take you exactly where you want to go. Yeah, they should try to do like in most loop. cities. They do that. They yeah, do loop around where a bus might two, take yeah, so, a yeah. ninety minutes to go all the way around, but it's one coming every twenty thirty minutes. You know, and other connectors like, that are in there. That's yeah. like it's. This is like a big mess. It is. And then they tried. They did try to over the last say five years or so. They definitely did try to like over engineer, like over algorithm the like where the buses go. And then they you know they take these dead runs where it's just taking a bus from the, the terminus of one to the beginning of the other, and it's like 
Yeah, I mean, they, I think they got a bunch of nerds in there to like to run algorithms about logistics and just they just they're just moving the buses around this puzzle, uh, and, and and that's supposed to like that's supposed to serve the name the no, people it could of be the some real stuff. upgrade no. your buses, redo your routes, you know. Upgrade your technology where people can see where the bus is coming. You do have stations. There are certain spots, not just in Wilmington. You go out in Newark and Newcastle and, Lord forbid, uh, past the St. George's. But you could be outside rain, sleet, hell, snow, heat wave. I took the hall. Bus. I famously, during the Kathy well, V. Kathy places, trial. you have more than one transit station. You yeah. have shelters that are... You know, around so that you could comfortably yeah. utilize public transportation. I I, I famously took the three hundred one uh, to Dover back and forth a few times during the Kathy v. Kathy uh, saga, and uh, that was like that was an experience. I mean, going down was pretty good. Coming back like in the evening, it was horrible. I mean, you would <laughs> oh, get to like so much. Yeah, you would get to like Smyrna, and think like. I can't believe how are we ever going to get to the mall? I don't know how we're going to get there. <laughs> like I've been on this bus already like an hour and fifteen minutes to go from like Dover to Smyrna or whatever. So it was it was, but I mean it, the the seats are comfortable and they have a charger at every one. They have Wi Fi. You can fuck around. So it wasn't and and, and again the, the cool thing is you're putting on headphones uh, or whatever and just jamming, drinking a coffee or whatever and just jamming down there. It actually is better than driving on Route One. And listen, shout out to Dart. I know a lot of friends that work for Dart. They're doing good. They've been there with Dart for over years. My guy, Keaton Brooks, was recently employee of the month at Dart. So shout out to Dart. But there are ways that they can improve their yeah, systems. Yeah, no, no, no kidding. I want that. For sure, man. Well, speaking of upgrades, did you say, did you ride on one of the newer buses this week? I did. I rode on that? one of the electric ones this okay. week. Okay. Um, yeah, I've they seen the electric them. buses. Whatever okay. route it goes to like the uh, the Home Depot on Miller Road, okay, yeah, 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 Boulevard, yeah. I've seen it parked there. It looks futuristic. Yeah, <laughs> it's, you're like in a, you're in this. Uh, I've seen the It has buses. HD. It has HD screens in there. Uh, it's all one level, so there's no step up. It's just it's just loaded to ground, plastic gray that they can probably spray out plastic seats, but like clean bus, not real loud. Um, yeah, it's funny being in there though because it's a completely different experience. Yeah, let's let's do this. So I'll give a caveat here, and I don't know how much we want to get into it because we're all sort of implicated in this. And this just came out, <clears throat> and it's something that I'm working on that we were sort of talking about, uh, Hanif and I, on the side before we before we uh, turn the mics on. And of course, Bill's also implicated. He's uh, caveat, Bill's, Bill's, a, Bill's, Bill's... It wasn't me. Bill's... <laughs> Newcastle County's putting food on Bill's table. We'll just say <laughs> that. True. We'll just say that. When, when, when Meyer came to the thing and he was like, how's your job? And I was like, thought he was talking about you. Because I was like, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of his boss, right? Like, I'm <laughs> fucking with him like that. He's like, I'm talking about you. So so I, as, as I've mentioned before, uh, have taken a, a, a job, a position, a role within... Inside of of, of ODS uh, to try to organize the community around police reform that is under the auspices of and the direction of the Delaware Center for Justice, and that's just how look that's just how it is. Uh, 
Shout out but, to Dave Beaver and DCJ because they are doing a lot of good work in a lot of different ways in the community. But your new position, congrats, by the way. Thank That's you very much. Thank you. We also know that Hanif has affiliations with the syndicate. ODS. And, and, yes, and, and, and so. Shout out to ODS for my contract because yeah. they do contract me to be a community engagement specialist. And it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to connect the community with ODS services and to promote ODS services in the community. Yeah, and I'm just getting my feet wet in that kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, um, like I couldn't be more excited. The people at ODS fucking rule. Yeah, I'll just put. I'll just leave it at that because what's said in the lunchroom has to stay there. It's a fucking rule. So <laughs> that, that seems fair. That seems fair enough. I to like me. to picture because I know a lot of a lot of attorneys work for ODS. Yeah, I like to imagine it's like a like big public high school cafeteria style. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the occasional food fight. I will say that. Um, there's there's a couple of different offices, uh, and there's actually people I know in the Kent office, and I, I wish I, I wish somehow we could phase them to you know come, mix more oh, public um, transportation. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but people are in and out. It's it's weird because one of the offices in Carvel is just like in an office building, and a lot of, of course a lot of attorneys and a lot of investigators and stuff are in and out. So it's only maybe half full at any one time. <clears throat> and then there is another office that. Uh, my colleague Misty Siemens works in, in family court that represent uh, children, you know, minors for criminal things in family court. That's in the courthouse. It's in the mezzanine of the courthouse, uh, and they and they also so they have clients actually coming in and in a waiting room and things like that. And it's like there's a lot more happening. You're like, wow, this is a fuck. This is jumping. So there's a couple different places where I'm at. I bounce around. I'm in the community with it. <laughs> I mean, right. I'm familiar with the offices, but yeah, I'm like Let's Rob. Be I'm one of the ones that are is rarely in the office unless they're a meaning. I'm in the community, of course. But I did catch you in the office. I caught you in the office yeah, making in copies and shit. I'm like, look, I'll you say in, in the there. community. I utilize guys in there. Space. Guys making copies. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. There it is. I need to make a copy. I should have taken a fucking photo. <laughs> Well, I mean, and let's not kid ourselves. Do I go into the office every day? I do not. Right, because you're doing police reform, so you have to be in the community as yeah, well. That's right. Yeah. I gotta share something with you if you share something with me after this, after all this about community incidents. For sure, we'll get into it more, but But I, well, all go. I was gonna say mm-hmm. is to to lead into the fact that we're going to talk about things in a professional, honest way as individuals. Because what I wanted to talk about was the Newcastle County Police Oversight Board. Okay. Let's because, talk about it. Because they, they made their uh, their selections and their nominations over the last week. And there's been some... A lot of eyes, a lot of our eyes have been on that because while Leobor did not get really changed other than their name and some technicalities <clears throat> one of the things that the new post commission was going to do is write these guidelines for these police oversight boards for every department in the state civilian oversight boards now I think every department or it seems like depart- we've gotten information that departments have said to, to advocates that they're not going to do shit 
until the post commission comes and says, these are the guidelines. We're all going to follow the same guidelines. So I understand that argument. We'll just say that. Uh, Is the county kind of jumping the gun here? Yeah. Okay, they are. Okay. I mean, mean, there's there's certainly a lot. I mean, the law allows them to do it, but the law also allows all of them to say what the what what the what the Dover mayor and chief of police have said to people that I know. Right? So and I know like once that happens everybody kind of falls in line. Well Newcastle County had a sort of a different political situation, we'll say. Which we might talk about more in Re- in, in future episodes, let's not get on track. So, we got the Newcastle County Advisory Board. This is where I want to go with it for one. Let's go. It is not jumping the gun, it is really listening to what the people want. Because if we understand, the city of Wilmington already passed legislation and a budget to create a oversight board, advisory board, but still has yet to name anyone, implement anything, or get anything active. So let's be clear on that. Wilmington did that, I believe, in 2022, where they passed the ordinance to say that they would have a board. They accepted suggestions of names, right? And then if I remember correctly from a News Journal article, they really stalled it in the police store wrenching it when Keandra's name was on it. And everybody wanted to see Keandra on this advisory board for Wilmington. So Wilmington has yet to do nothing as far as a community advisory board, and they're currently being sued by the ACLU. So I wouldn't call this jumping the gun. And then the second point I want to make is big ups to my guy, Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer is one of the only elected officials that has ever released body cam footage when it comes to police brutality. And Speak now on this. Speak he on has it. pushed the button on ensuring that the Newcastle County Police has a community oversight board, which is named the Police Advisory Board, which really models majority of the suggestions that the community wanted in the oversight board. And the people that they have selected, which is public, I don't remember all their names, our community names. I remember seeing my guy Doug. Doug been in the community since before me. You understand what I'm saying? I seen Norwood Coleman. Norwood Coleman been in this since before me. You understand what I'm saying? And I see they have some people who are currently been involved and have lived experience with the system. So I've heard some murmuring about who they selected and how it's going to operate. But my point politically for most people is get active. Because most of the people that always got something to say, why did they pick this person? Why are they doing it like that? They don't want to step up and volunteer. They don't got the time to put in the work. They just got something to say about it. So, like, let's get active and let's support whatever's being active. Because this can't come out any way but good, in my opinion. If the people follow it and they want to be involved and they want to make the change, because Matt set up a lane where it could be done now when it comes to the community overseeing the policies and procedures of the Newcastle County Police. Yeah. So I, 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 that's my take on it. So I, big, big I, I think I, I, I'll tell you. I'll, 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 I'll take it right where you took it. I talked to, and it was the first time I met him, actually, the, uh, the chair of the uh, Delaware Center for Justice's board, Deshaun 
Nixon. Shout out to Deshaun. He he's on the he's on advisory the board. board. Yes, I met him at a a work event. Let's call it a work event. <laughs> uh, and I just introduced myself. I'd actually I. For some reason, uh, the picture I, I knew who he was by name, but I didn't know I was introducing myself to him until he said who his name was. <clears throat> and it was the day that he got called to, that he was going to be nominated for the sport. And I was, and obviously, I'm like, okay, well, let's talk. We got to talk. And so he only had about ten minutes, but that's what we talked about. And I won't say everything we talked about, but the the one thing he said, I'm sure he'll going to start saying in public very soon, is involve the community, like stand up then. Like if I'm going to, he's going to, his approach will be a community based approach. So if, what what, what are you looking for? What should we do? We're here now. We believe we're true believers. We're going to fight for you. We have a history of fighting for you. If you have a problem with Newcastle County police, like almost as of now, they haven't been formal and they don't have their bylaws yet, but there is a list of what, 12 people that you can contact. And express your concerns with how Newcastle County Police is they're operating. Because the, they're, they're in the community now. And they're going to collect the data and run it up the chain. For sure, for sure. Sean Green. If they don't run ACLU. it up the chain, Rob can say something about well, that's, it. That's, that's, <laughs> with his job, well, listen, yes. Listen, listen. <laughs> Am I sitting here saying that if somebody drops the bag, I'm going to come in silently and drop the hammer? I am definitely not saying that. Nah, nah, but. Definitely. I could be saying that. But we, no. <laughs> as far as, we as, just far as anybody. Beware. Beware the Reverend Aaron Moore. No slip-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's coming to take your seat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 I had, I've seen Sean Green speak because he spoke at the ACLU event we were, we were at, which I never got a chance to say hello to you. I turned around because I thought you were standing next to Kobe and the Chief Justice of the Delaware Supreme Court was standing next to Kobe. And I don't know if you've ever seen him. He doesn't look like you. He's a, kind of an old, pasty white guy. But he's a cool guy. He seems pretty cool. Um, Sean Green, I thought, was a powerful speaker. Good dude. I think Sean Green is on the board. He is. He, that's why I mentioned him. So um, the more I'm looking at it, I guess I'll be real. I'll be real honest, and I would tell anybody this, and I don't think this is an unfair statement, even in my official role, whatever that is. I was worried about, uh, and I think I said this to a group in an email chat. I was worried about sort of uh, obstructionists, because it only takes maybe two. So my skepticism when it first came out, and it wasn't even skepticism. It was like, how many people am I sure? Aren't they obstructionists? Because I don't know. There's a few of these people I don't really, not sure. But the more I'm looking into it, I, th- I think we, we might have an opportunity, a big, big opportunity here. And this is how we eliminate obstruction, right? And this is the responsibility I'm putting on to everybody that's listening to this, for everybody that wants to see criminal justice reform, police reform. This is just the police advisory board. Once they are official and formal, their job will be to host community forums and have a process where the board is available to take calls, comments, issues from the community. So if the community is involved and active, people can obstruct. Because they're going to have to have community meetings. They're going to have to share all of their reports are going to be public. 
And either they're going to make action on what they're receiving or they're not. You understand what I'm saying? But yes. it's when people want to sit back when they say, I'm waiting to see what they're going to do. While you're sitting back waiting, if it is some uh, right. expri- uh, somebody trying to throw a wrench in there, they will be able to because everybody's sitting back not looking. You got to be in the process. Be Jump active. Yeah. Get active, even at the community level. Know what's going on with these boards. Know what's going on in these meeting rooms and these public info sessions. Get involved. Get active. Right? I'll say my only sort of fear is that the obstructionist won't they won't be able to change sort of the priorities, the meetings, and all of that. But how how forceful can the board be in the end? Because there's no sort of like enforcement with it. It's more like if you do your work publicly and you make very strong statements publicly. And you're entrenched by ordinance to operate in this way. Uh, like, how far can they go? And so, it would be easy for a few people to sort of rein that in, like, I don't know, the next county executive. So, that's that's the worry I have. I go further and be like, oh, do, is this thing built to last? Can it really do something? Is there teeth to it, or is it going to get? Commandeer by 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 circumstances even outside of the saying, control. But even if you have 10, 12 that great can't people. happen if people active because this is what get active mean. Whoever's gonna be the next county executive gotta agree that they're gonna keep it going as is. It's already written and set up right. Once right. the bylaws are in, the board operates as a board that reports to the county executive committee. Uh, executive staff, whatever the official right, word right, right, is. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you active, then that means, Mr. Henry, if you want to be county executive, you got to be with this. You feel me? That means uh, 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 my guy, Mr. Carter, if you want to be out of it, the next executive, you got to be down with this. And whomever else who, who may have thrown their name in, because I haven't been following that county seat. Abby. I don't want to get but, into it because hey, they got to be with it. And if they're not with it, if we got a hyphen. We got. We'll just say we have a hyphen. You can't now. rely on any oh, advisory board if you don't have the right leadership. Correct. So, but I, and and again, and I, that's I all think an advisory is, board could do, no matter the, who's on it. The other point of it is, if this is if if this is a productive, community-driven mechanism, like you're saying. It could be. I would hope that it influences the way it's set up, as we were saying before, bring it back to the beginning. Because we, we have to make it work, and we have to make it work quick, and we have to make it work so it's obvious that the, all the other ones work just like this one. So we have one to focus on now. And it's a big one, let's be honest. Newcastle County Police, huge police force in the state. What what people are saying, one of the biggest. Bigger, bigger every day. Uh, But as Hanif said, if we can get behind this now, it's 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 available to us now to do something really productive with it and also be an example for what other people can demand everywhere else. Because that's the that's the that's the uh, that's the chance that's the opportunity right is to make it an example and be like oh you know what see what they're doing there everyone has to have that whatever it is 
that's the that's the uh, the opportunity that we have to grab right now to everybody get behind us. I couldn't agree with you more. In case I was, yeah, no, 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 I, I prodding the bear, me, but I, I'm just emphatic in that because that's not just with police reform. That's just not just with the Newcastle County Police Advisory Board. That's for every political issue that people aspire to make change on. If you're going to make change, you got to get active. Another example of get active, right? If you look at Delaware politics and any uh, a prosperous white community, when they want to see an ordinance or law passed in the county or the state, they get active. It's not just five or six people saying, hey, politician, do this. You got 15 neighborhoods of people that's going to talk to that legislator and say, you know what our tax bracket is. Do it now. Yeah, I mean, this, happened, do it. this happened recently on a small scale, but it was like, you know, a well-to-do neighborhood was complaining about a dam being demolished that they couldn't even see from their homes. Yeah, it, was, it, it's got, at the like, mill. it got some juice in the paper. Yeah, for several it was. Days. It was down at the mill. It was like the last one that Dupont that the Dupont owns. It's up by the experimental station, and they because they took a bunch out. Now Shad can live there and all that stuff. And they need to take another one out. So Dupont's like, yeah, we'll just give us the ordinance and we'll do the thing. You know, whatever. But the people, the people who lived. In, in that gated community at the mill, we're like, but it won't, it won't fill up our our race, our mill race, mill race. You know the little thing that goes over there. They were like, dude, it got flooded out the last time. It's not, it's not it's dangerous. It's like, but it won't look the same. So we're mad. Now it passed the city council, like I think, but unanimously, all of them got together, and it's not just that community. I got much respect for my Latino brothers and sisters when they come up and say. This is what we need to make sure we can work and feed our families. The politicians and wherever they living at and wherever they talking about, do it because they get active. So a lot of these issues that affect black and brown people, you don't have to be black and brown to get active, but you got to get active on it. And we got to get active in numbers. We need hundreds, thousands of people agreeing that the legislators should bust a move and then they'll bust a move. You feel me? We need less talking, less education's good. Debating the best solution is good. But once we agree and it's time to get active, if 75% of the people on the survey say it would be a good law, we need to see 75% of the people at the hearing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what Elvis said? That's bad for a podcast. <laughs> a little less conversation. A little more action. <laughs> get active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to do this. I'm gonna, we're going to close it out here because we're going to have to have a, actually a serious conversation after all of this. Uh, so have the one little, one little closer I have to find. I was going to make fun of Przicki, but I do that all the time. That's hack. It's too easy. Oh, I had a bit also about uh, counting down the top 100 long-distance runners in Delaware history. But we'll save it for. We'll say, we got to we got to save. There's so much so much is happening in the uh, areas of uh, suburban zoning <laughs> of ranking right now. Teenagers, yeah, so they're much like, going who on. was the greatest junior women's cross country runner in the last 50 years? Really, I can't believe you brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will bring this up now that you said it because it's quick. So there was a big Chris Chris Barish uh, 
story in uh, WHYY. It's really good. It was like a feature. It was yeah, good. it was yeah. about the history of Gibraltar and the new changes, but this is awesome. So this is the first quote. This was about right in the beginning. It says, Przicki told WHYY News that Catamol and Carpenter, the company that had uh, the private firm that had it the last time, were poor stewards of Gibraltar, and the mansion had a better chance at salvation in the hands of a public agency, not developers looking for profit. And I was like, wait a minute, who said this again? Now, a couple paragraphs later, you get this little beauty. Starts this sentence. Przicki, who owns a, who, whose own sprawling home borders the mansion, you're like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You gave me a couple paragraphs to think about. Well, you're like, not put it in the hands of developers. The oh, the it's your neighbor. It's in his backyard. Uh, yeah. It's his neighbor, bro. Because uh, I posted, why would the city buy this Dude, vacant property when they already have so many vacant bro. properties? Yeah. Bro, it's better. Wow. Did you hear what he said? There's a better chance at salvation for my neighbor uh, in the hands of a public agency, not developers like Lucini Pollen Group that are looking to profit. Like, come on. You're shitting in my face right now. <laughs> but I, I, but uh, shout out to Chris Barish. He's a very grumpy guy. Very, you know, hard-boiled reporter. But he's fucking good. Let's be honest. It's, he's, that's why he's, he's obnoxious. Because he's correct. <clears throat> Can you believe he said that? Yeah, that's, that's wild. <sighs> Come that man, I mean, I know that mansion has been decrepit forever, but I was thinking about this on the drive over. Like, one of the first dates I took my wife on in Delaware was sneaking into Gibraltar and poking around, and we celebrate like 19 years next week. So, nice. <laughs> it's been, it's been, in, it's been dilapidated far too long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to something. do with it. I mean, I, that's the thing. It's, yeah. I mean, now, <laughs> now it's like, I don't. I don't know what they're going. Do we to need do. A, a restaurant that will have twenty dollars cheeseburgers? I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> we read the thing. It was going to be like a bed and breakfast. Right, right. It was going to be this and that, and and even like companies who do that kind of stuff couldn't figure out how to do it. I guess, but again, that's because you fiddled around with it for for so long. But I'm gonna keep saying, man, we gotta get active, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not just what he said. Like He's I was bad so for right. You're so reading right about, about the story, right? So when you really, really think about it, the mayor administration made a decision to spend city money on an abandoned, vacant mansion that's been abandoned for over two decades. That is now the city's responsibility for a price tag that could have reduced homelessness by 25% easy by revamping vacants and giving them away. Yeah, I mean, you could you could revamp. You could have revamped revamp revamp and two, given two, them away. You could have revamped two the, blocks, with, both sides of two blocks for that. I mean, you could, yeah, and, and given them away. But the, I mean, but this is, I don't know if we actually, uh, are, the, the, the intrepid reporter uh, Jordan Howell was here earlier sitting right next to where Hanif is sitting now. He pulled up the map and he was like, which one's person? Oh, it is. It's right. It's <laughs> literally like right next door. It's right there. And his shit's big. Przicki's shit's big. I mean, that, that fucking riverfront development, that he developed the fuck out of that riverfront. Choo. Okay, that's enough. I didn't enough. Here's what we want to do, folks. We gotta get active, folks. Folks, you're hearing it more and more I, every day. So, 
One of the reasons that uh, the show is late is because uh, we had, you know, a, sort of a, a sad week this week. For anybody who's ever come to the bunker, for anybody's coming to the studio, anybody's come here for a barbecue, anybody sort of hung out here, uh, they've been they've been barked at in some fashion. They've been scanned up and down. Uh, they've been growled at by a dog that weighed four and a half kilograms. I was looking for the bark when I came in. I know. Yeah. Um, so uh, our pup, the Zagnuts, uh, transitioned yesterday, and uh, I just I thought it was funny because uh, she never played with a toy, so there's no toy we can be like, oh, that's the toy. Then ha- fuck that. She never like would wear like sweaters, and it's like a Chihuahua mix, so it would be like cool if it were like little turtlenecks and shit. That never did that. Hated it. Would fucking literally get out of it like a Houdini. And and as you guys can all attest to, have ever been here, I, I I say she's a good hater. Like Susan says, she's very protective. I I just think it's like, you know, uh, we were teasing last night that there must have been a big haters convention somewhere because once Zags died, everybody could move up a notch. <laughs> she was she was like an upper echelon hater. But it made me think of this uh, this quote by Doctor Johnson. Uh, Samuel Johnson was like a a literary critic and dictionary writer uh, in England, and he's known for being extremely ugly, but also just being having a great wit, and, and he was a great writer. And uh, he was. this is from a letter he wrote. He, he, he got a letter that his friend uh, Bathurst had died, and uh, he's writing back and sort of reminiscing on his friend uh, Bathurst, and this is what he says. Dear Bathurst was a man to my very heart's content. He hated a fool, and he hated a rogue, and he hated a wig. He was a very good hater. And 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 you know what? Zags was an important important member of this uh, of this troop here at the bunker. She served her time well, and she will be well remembered as a very very good hater. Uh, R.I.P. Zags the hater. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Bill, thanks for thanks for. Filling in, we really appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Hanif. I mean, you just bring it. That's every time. Get active. You got to get active, um, folks. Remember the uh, the big event uh, on the twenty third of February, six p.m. Sam Church. Also Let's live. Streaming. All come together. All live stream. We're going to talk. It's all going to come together. Black Mothers in Power Facebook page. Big ups to Shanae. Shout out to Medina. Because left is best. <laughs>